0: The only thing worse than a root canal is looking for a job on the internet. Hello, everybody. This is Anthony Moore with Career Daily. I am here to put the human back in human resources. Let me be your competitive advantage on the job market. It is dog-eat-dog out there. Our research companies, new industries, I'll dig around. I'll figure out who some of the hiring leaders are. And I'll post all this information on our exclusive Facebook networking group. You'll also hear amazing interviews from professionals that I'm interviewing all across the country. Some are inspiring. Some are very informative. Some duds. I'll leave the duds out. Stay tuned for today's episode. You might think that I'm extroverted because I have no problem speaking behind the mic. I've been a recruiter. I do a lot of work talking to people that I don't know for the first time, reaching out to people that I don't know. And I've always really thought of myself as an extrovert, but there are times when I want to be alone. I don't want to be the center of attention. I think I definitely have some of those introverted traits. But recently I've been seeing online uh, forums and other people talking, discussing like techniques for introverts. And I started thinking, well, what are good careers for introverts? And how would an introvert go about handling an interview process when they have to sell themselves, because you know a sales or marketing professional they really don't have much trouble it's pretty easy for them. I know some marketing folks that, as soon as you ask them what do they do, you can pretty much set the phone down, put it on speaker, and go get yourself a you know a cup of coffee, and they're still going so you know, hey everybody, it's Anthony Moore with Career Daily. Today we're going to take a look at introverted, extroverted, what are you? What are the different interview strategies that you should be using if you are an introvert? And before we get into specifically my, in my opinion, how to interview as an extroverted person, as an introverted person, I want to kind of read this website I found. Uh, it's on Indeed. And it says, uh, while introverts and extroverts alike can be successful in any role, people with introverted personality types might be drawn to some positions over others. Well, that's naturally. Introverts might also find that they excel in positions with certain qualities. For example, it can be energizing for people with introverted tendencies to have a job that allows a decent amount of independent work time. I actually do like doing a lot of work independently, so I'm thinking maybe I do have some introverted traits here. So what should introverts look for in a job search? Contrary to popular belief, an introvert isn't someone who is shy, speaks softly, and strives to avoid social interactions. In fact, introverts can be highly sociable and possess excellent interpersonal skills. However, unlike extroverts who feel energized by leading meetings and working in group settings, Introverts often require time alone to regain energy after these types of experiences. So they're basically saying you have to go away and recharge. While while introverts are capable of handling the same task as extroverts, they're generally more satisfied working in careers that make use of their strengths. This is why the best jobs for introverts are those that, number one, prioritize independent work over large group collaboration sessions, offer quiet spaces for working alone rather than noisy open workspaces, are best performed by people with excellent active listening skills, allow you to focus your attention to one task or project at a time, require one-on-one interaction, require more one-on-one interaction rather than public speaking. Okay. Okay. So they have a listing here of the top 15 jobs for introverts. Some of these are ridiculous, but I'm just going to read them anyway. Accounting manager, let's just continue with this. Okay, anything in accounting, right? There's lots of different roles inside of accounting. So I I think they should have just said a career in accounting. But that's what they start with. Number one, accounting manager. Number two, landscape designer. Again, that's such an odd title. Why would they – to me, a designer – okay, you're talking about anything that's architectural related, anything where you're drawing, measuring, analyzing, very specific type of work. So why they would pull out landscape designer and not just have a broader category, I don't know. Behavioral therapist, number three. Number four, content manager. We're going to see a lot. I mean, that is already a very active uh, job title we see on Indeed and LinkedIn. Primary duties. Overseeing organizations' content creation and strategy development, including building an editorial calendar, managing content publishing, and ensuring all content aligns with company brand guidelines and business goals. Content managers also often oversee content writers and strategists. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so again, the key there is strategy development and building calendars, anything that requires a lot, you know, intense concentration and uh, attention to detail. Executive chef, okay, that's really odd. Editor, that's number six. Graphic designer, seven. IT manager, again, you can expand that to all of IT. Okay, number nine. This is a librarian. I mean, how many people are looking for librarian jobs? Whatever. Uh, Mechanic. That's true. So you can expand mechanic into the category of anything where you're really working with your hands. I mean, the guys that come and do the HVAC, the guys that uh, work in – I'm trying to think. um, Well, whatever. Whatever. So number eleven, paralegal. That would mean then anything in the legal area. Research scientist, social media manager. Well, social media manager isn't that kind of like content manager? Software engineer. Again, that would include anything in IT, in my opinion. And fifteen. Finally, technical writer. I added a few. I had. Uh, I mentioned architect already. I mentioned research. Any kind of a researcher. Um, and really you look at finance finance is another area where you need a lot of that introverted quiet time thinking as, as an analyst and then um any kind of a scientist or engineer all right now the big question is you are in one of these professions and you've been laid off you've been furloughed or is this time for you to find another job and you Don't like being around people. You don't like selling yourselves. I know this is my wife. She hates interviewing. She hates the idea of like promoting herself and what she's done really well. I've had to really help her work with her quite a bit to just kind of very practically, very matter of fact, talk about what the job was that she was working on. What was the current state of it? when she took over a particular role or a project and what was the outcome and what did she have to do to accomplish, you know, fixing whatever the problem was to the current state and the benefits, the current state is now offering to the organization or to the client or to herself or to her team. In other words, a salesperson has no problem. A marketing person has no problem storytelling. And most people Engage into a story. So the key, you do want to tell a story, but because you're kind of icked out by the whole idea of selling yourself or something, just make it fact-based. Just force yourself to look at the facts concerning the past situation that you were in. One of the problems people have is they want to say, we did it. The team did it. Versus saying, I did it. I was responsible. So the way to get around that is to say, the team that I was on, this was the problem that we faced. And this is what I did as part of the team. So you as an individual, you are doing individual work. You may be part of a broader team, all working on a different part of the process. But without you doing your work in that team, it would not get done. So I've talked about this in another podcast the idea of a SAM saved, achieved, made. What have you saved? What have you achieved? What have you made? So you save time, you save money, and you make process improvements, you make shortcuts you make a process more inventive more creative more efficient so you just have to kind of reprogram yourself as an introvert into a fact-based discussion once you have gone through your resume and looked with a critical eye at all the duties all the responsibilities all the tasks how they were improved how were they made better then you can put together a picture of a lifelong or a career-long journey of making where you've been better. My wife says, well, I don't really know what I've done that's better. Well, she is so good with clients. She tends to underestimate the good she's doing, and that could be a problem that you're having too. You might be underestimating. I would say do not assume something that you do really well is actually not important. There are a lot of people that do not have good customer service skills, that do not finish projects. Well, I I can't go through all the different examples. But suffice it to say, if you have a job and you're being paid and you are liked at at your job and people give you good feedback, you're doing a good job. You just need to then figure out, how can I present this information, not in a salesy way, but just show progress. That's what you want to show is progress. So let me just start with accounting. I've placed so many accountants. I've helped so many people in the accounting finance field over, over my career that it's a good example. And it happens to be the number one introverted job on this list, accounting manager. So What an accounting manager is dealing with? Well, let me read the duties here. It says, oversee and manage the day-to-day operations of an accounting department, including analyzing data, creating financial reports, developing organizational accounting policies. Accounting managers may also direct and oversee the work of junior accounting uh, personnel. So whatever job you're in, and we're going to talk about the accounting manager specifically, you have to imagine if you're interviewing for a role like this, you are also going to be interviewing side-by-side in a virtual setting against other people who've done the same exact thing. And if the hiring leader is looking at you and you've got four other people virtually lined up side-by-side, by-side, 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 and each and every one of you say, well, I oversee and manage the day-to-day operations of an accounting department. Or the question is, who here has oversaw and managed the day-to-day operations of an accounting department? All five people raise their hand. Okay, well, now the hiring leader says, okay, well, that question didn't work because they've all done it. So I can't screen anybody out. No one's standing out. Then they say, who's analyzed the data? Everyone raises their hand. Okay, well, I can't use that. What about who's created financial reports? Well, every accounting manager raises their hand. Well, who's developed an organizational uh, policy manual? Everyone raises their hand. So you see no one separating themselves except within each of those questions. There is an, an enormous opportunity that's lost by you. If you are not showing the Sam behind what you did, for example, the uh, Who has created organizational accounting policies? Everyone raises their hand, but you, you actually say something different. You say, when I joined XYZ Company, we did not have an organizational accounting policy manual. And the problem with that is all the junior accountants, including the more senior accountants, we're all handling transactions in a slightly different way. We were using multiple spreadsheets, multiple online data collection points, and when it came time for month-end close, it was very difficult for me to get an accurate count, an accurate read on the real data. So I created an organizational accounting policy manual to get everyone on the same page and to ensure that everyone was following GAP, the generally accounted accepting, accepted principles of accounting. And because we have now moved to use the manual and we're all following the manual, our month-end close time, the time that it takes us to close the books, shrunk, was reduced from uh, 12 days Down to nine days. Now you see, you just told a story. You told a story of the situation you walked into, the problem that existed, and not just the problem that existed, but the resulting additional collateral damage from those problems. What you did, you established the manual, and because it was implemented, what were the results? And it's very fact-based and you can just lay the facts out. Now, suddenly your story is going to stand out from the other people. It just will. So I think that in short is really how you want to go about showing and showcasing this skill set of yours. Now, if you've done this type of, uh, Reduction uh, in month and close time, or you've you've had a lot of experience turning these types of organizations around, and it's sort of um, kind of what you're known for. You now perhaps have identified your theme. I've talked about this. I- I'm going to hit it again because. If you are known for process improvement, if you are known for developing and implementing accounting policies and practices to speed up and create a more efficient accounting organization, that needs to become your headline. That is your 30-second elevator pitch. But again, it's fact-based. And then you have all those examples that you just can roll out that back up that claim. So whether you're in an engineering role or an IT role or a content management role, you can still talk about the situation that you found yourself in and the steps and the changes you made and the resulting good things that happened. I hate to just boil it down to something so simple. I, 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 in my mind, this is not hard. But I think it is hard for people and because they just don't always see what they do as quantifiable. And I get it. That is difficult. So if you're having a hard time figuring out how to make your, your past experiences on your resume jump out or your interviews pop or jump out with those types of facts, head over to the Facebook group. Career Daily, and drop in your question, or drop in your resume. Ask the group how they would do it, and we'll get some people to chime in on that, and I'll I'll chime in as well. And don't forget, if you if you like the podcast, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe, and please share it, and give it a, give us a rating and a review. That would very that be that would be great. Well, that is it for today, folks. I think. Um, I think it's pretty clear. You just want to show the uh, steps you took to make your situation better. Don't underestimate the value of what you're doing. Even if you think what you're doing is a small, unimportant task, think about what the negative consequences would be if it was done really, really badly. Suddenly, you'll see just how important it is. And if you're doing it in a very, very positive way, then that's something that you can definitely talk about, and it's uh, it's a selling point for yourself. Hope you all are having a great day. I will see you soon. See you on the next episode of Career Daily. Don't forget, head over to LinkedIn and follow me, and then go to Facebook and join the exclusive Career Daily Facebook group.